Welcome to Here's What I Hear, a podcast about reflections and tips about relationships, personal development, and connection. My name is Jesse Hipner, and I'm a counselor and coach. I believe one of the biggest parts about being human is how we are connected to other humans, connected in friendships, intimate relationships with family members, colleagues. We live and die in and out of relationships and how we are connected to others. As a counselor and coach, I have helped many couples and individuals make meaningful and even life-saving changes. In this podcast, I want to share a little bit about what I hear from week to week, and I want to share with you some of the tips about ways to work through similar issues. And so, here's what I hear. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode. Thank you so much for being here and tuning in. I have a topic that I'm excited to share with you. It's all about boundaries. How do we put up boundaries and why are boundaries important in relationships? Uh, This was actually suggested to me by a listener. So um, thank you for that. And I'd like to then extend an invitation for those listening. If you have a question in mind about relationships or uh, about your own relationship, uh, please send me an email. I would love to talk about that. Love to talk specifically about what's on listeners' minds and how I can be helpful. So uh, thanks again for the suggestion about um, boundaries. So, you know, it's interesting talking about boundaries and as I was thinking about boundaries, about how do we, how do we set these up in relationships? I think (laughs) boundaries are kind of a buzzword, not just currently, but I've certainly heard them talked about a bit more. And I think that they get, the term gets thrown out there a lot of, you know, uh, you need to respect my boundaries or these are my boundaries. And yet I don't really hear too often people having that clear of boundaries and don't really have clear examples of how they've established those functionally in relationships. And so I think it's a term that we sometimes comes into our mind and also, you know, maybe is just told to us that we need to have better boundaries, you need to set up better boundaries. But when it comes down to actually spelling those out and setting them up, I'm not sure I've heard too many really successful examples in relationships. I think sometimes in, you know, toxic relationships or dysfunctional failing relationships, then it's a little bit more clear on how you set up this boundary, right? Like, okay, I'm, I'm cutting this relationship off or I'm distancing myself from this relationship significantly. And so here are the boundaries, right? You can't, you can't text me or I don't want you to call me or, you know, you can't come see me, et cetera, right? Well, in, in those cases, I think it's a little bit more clear and obvious uh, how those relationships work and, and how they help. But what about in in healthy relationships? You know, what about in relationships that we don't want to create distance? We actually want to draw closer. Why would we use boundaries in those types of relationships? Right? Isn't isn't a boundary? I mean, if you think about it in a, in a boundary in a in a term of you know a physical boundary is uh, something to create separation between two spaces, right? So why would we want that in a healthy relationship? 
So that's what we're going to talk about. So I, I absolutely think that boundaries have a place in every relationship and that actually setting up healthy boundaries, clearly communicating boundaries in healthy relationships will help to prevent those relationships turning to the negative place, to the toxic place, to the dysfunctional place, where then it's like, okay, now I really need boundaries, right? So I think that when you get to those places, it's usually because you didn't really have clear boundaries in the first place. You didn't really have clear expectations set about what you needed and what you wanted out of the relationship, right? Or at least that's part of it. Of course, you're only half of the half of the relationship at the most, right? And so even with the best expectations and boundaries set up, somebody can still, you know, not meet your needs and not be there for the in the ways that you need them to be. So, here's the thing about boundaries. I really believe that boundaries are a form of self-care, a way of caring for yourself, taking care of your own needs, taking care of what is most important for you, right? Maybe it's with your time. Maybe it's with some type of your energy. Maybe it's with a level of your emotions that you are are only going to access or, or go to a certain place with your emotions in, in certain capacities, right? Or in certain ways or in limits, right? It's a way of setting limits. Those are healthy ways for self uh, of self-care. Having good boundaries is also going to prevent you turning to the negative coping mechanisms, right? So when we have healthy self-care set up, and I talked about this in a, just a couple episodes ago, about self-care, right? Things about self-care. What is it? What does self-care do for us? One of the things is it helps us it helps us not go to those those negative places that maybe we've gone to in the past. Those negative forms of coping, right? I'm sure you can think of at least a couple ways that maybe you go to when you're stressed, when you're anxious, or when you're frustrated in a relationship. Having good boundaries is going to help you choose the healthy coping mechanisms. Okay. So that's number one. The other thing is that setting boundaries is a form of good communication. So communication issues is literally the number one thing that couples come to work with me about. They say, Hey, we're having communication issues. We're having challenges communicating in a relationship. And it's not usually just simply that they're finding it challenging to literally talk with each other, right? They, they can talk, they, they can find the words, but it's what they are talking about, right? And so they're not able to get to the, the, the substance of the issue. And I find that boundaries is usually one of those things that's being left out of communication. And so by being able to talk about boundaries and being able to establish and, and clearly set your boundaries, that's a form of good communication. Boundaries is also one of the ways that we can be autonomous in relationships. And this is an important thing, right? Even though you are, if it's a long-term romantic relationship, there is a coming together in that. And so there's part of your autonomy that is, is blended with this other person. There is still autonomy in every relationship, right? And so having your boundaries, clearly communicating your boundaries, having established your boundaries is a way for autonomy 
And lastly, the reason boundaries are important, even in healthy relationships, is because boundaries are a way of her self-actualization. And I believe that good, healthy, strong, thriving relationships set you up for the most self-actualization. You have the opportunity, the, the environment to be most self-actualized in a healthy system, a healthy relationship than you do if you were just doing life by yourself. So think about that for a moment. Just if, you, if you're just going about life by yourself and you don't have a partner, you don't have somebody uh, to support you or someone to interact with. I'm not saying that everybody needs a partner, right? There are absolutely healthy, thriving individuals who have find their relationship needs met in other you know, non-romantic relationships, friendships, family, colleagues, etc. right? But even in those relationship systems, if they are healthy and thriving, give you the best opportunity for true self-actualization, for being fully yourself, being able to be vulnerable, being able to let some of those things out that maybe you don't share with others, right? Being able to go to those deeper places. So that's why I believe setting boundaries, even in healthy relationships, is absolutely important. I want to also give you some language that can help to be conceptualizing boundaries as I talk through this episode, and that's the word expectations. So I think another way to kind of conceptualize boundaries is thinking about them as setting expectations in relationships. How do my needs get met? What, are, what needs are important for me? What areas do I feel like my needs are not being met? And what kind of expectations do I have because of that, we all, we all, because the reality is we all have expectations, right? And it's not bad to have re- expectations in relationships. It's actually good. The, the area where it gets to be a problem is when we have these expect, expectations and we don't talk about them. That's where the problems come in. So that's what we're talking about here, right? So how do we talk about boundaries? How do we talk about expectations? So I'm going to kind of break this down into three different parts, and it's going to be first establishing the boundaries with ourselves. Secondly, establishing consequences. And lastly, clearly communicating uh, the boundaries. Okay. So first and foremost, I believe that we have to really be clear and honest internally with ourselves about where the boundary needs to be drawn for our own self-care, for our own autonomy, for our own self-actualization. Asking, you know, what is going to be good for me, right? Where do I need to draw the line? And typically, when I ask clients this, I hear them already have a pretty clear sense of where they need to draw the boundary. And yet, they've been resistant or reluctant to, to set that boundary, even with themselves, right? And this is why it's so important to really believe that these boundaries are important for yourself. And, and now it, might, it may take some time, right? It, might, it may take some putting it into practice and realizing, okay, yeah, this is good for me. But we need to have a certain place of confidence in our boundaries to start with before I think we are really going to be successful setting those up in relationships, right? Because if you're constantly questioning yourself internally, as soon as the boundary is tested or questioned by somebody else, it's going to be like, oh yeah, nope, you're right. I, I actually, that's not, it's not important, right? You start to have these questions come up in your mind like, well, 
is this really good for me? Yeah, maybe maybe it's not good to be so strict in this area. Or is this really where I drew the line? Or maybe the line was a little bit back over here, so I can I can give a little bit more in this area. Or you know, I, I and I and I guess you know maybe giving a little more wouldn't wouldn't really be so bad, right? So we start to give a little bit internally in our mind, and then that boundary becomes pretty soft and pretty easy to cross. And of course, boundaries are going to be tested. That's one. That's the whole point of putting the boundaries up, right? So you have to you have to be honest and confident internally to a certain degree. I'm not saying 100% confident, but to a certain degree internally about the with these boundaries. Okay, so when you're thinking about maybe a particular relationship or you know a boundary that you've been you know an expectation that you feel you've been wanting to communicate, start to kind of bring that into mind and start to kind of have this internal dialogue with yourself of where do I know and where do I believe I need to set this boundary? Okay, so after you've spent some time you know setting that boundary just with yourself internally, we need to then move to setting a consequence. What is the consequence if the boundary isn't respected or even if it's repeatedly challenged? So I believe that having the consequence for not just when it's crossed, but when it is also repeatedly challenged is really important. And here's why. Because let's say you have a really strong boundary and very rarely gets crossed. First of all, great. (laughs) Good on you for for having that. And honestly, I mean that. But what if someone just completely repeatedly were to challenge that boundary every single day or every week and on, a, on an exhausting level, right? I believe that, that there should also be a consequence for that, right? And it's not saying like, if you ask me twice, then I'm, you know, you're going to get in trouble or something, right? I'm, I'm talking about within reason here and, and having some nuance to that. So it's important that we think through some actual realities, right? So playing this out with, okay, when has this boundary been challenged before, right? So that's that's another area when we're thinking through internally to start with is where have I seen this issue coming up? And here's the reason, you know, consequences in general, you know, are important because it, others are going to quickly learn that they've really got nothing to lose if the boundary is crossed or the boundary is tested, right? So, you know, if you think about a kid, they pretty quickly will learn that if I give on my boundary or if I move on my expectation, then that's not really a super, you know, a super strong boundary, right? That can be easily, easily tested, easily pushed over, easily pushed through. And so we need to have consequences in those situations, right? And the same thing is true in adult relationships, we are innately equipped to, for some reason, to be able to see through these weak points. And I think it's a survival, it's a protector tactic that we find of, okay, where's the weak point? Where can I push through this, right? So that's where we need to be clear about these consequences. And lastly, it does come down to communication. It's communicating the boundary and the consequence. And this is probably the number one area where I hear people don't follow through when it comes to setting boundaries. I'll ask people if they've, you know, communicated the boundary and they'll, you know, say, oh yeah, of course I have. And then as they start talking, you know, after some dialogue and explaining of how they've tried to talk about it, 
then they'll usually end by saying, well, you know, I guess maybe I do need to set the boundary or set the expectation a little bit more clear, right? Through this dialogue of like, oh, okay, maybe I've used a little bit of elusive language and I've not actually been super clear about, okay, this is, this is the boundary. This is my expectation. And so I just want to, you know, it's reestablish how important it is that we actually tell people the boundaries and we actually tell people the consequences really clearly drawing it in the sand and even if you think you've had that conversation but you find that the boundary is still being tested or pushed or 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 uh, crossed then that could be a good indicator that it needs to be another conversation right so I want to give an example that I find comes up a lot uh, for many couples and even individuals I work with, and, and it's, re- it's about work. So I find that a lot of people struggle when one partner, or even both, frankly, are overworking, working just too much. And that could even be for some people, never taking time off, you know, always working 40 hours a week. For some people, it could be working 50, 60 hours a week, right? Some people could even be working too much in a part-time job or too much too much school out in one semester, right? There's many different ways that you could kind of play this out. So I just want to give the example here of, let's just say your partner is working too much. So typically how I hear this come up is one person will say, you know, I'm, I'm essentially taking care of all of the household family functions, all of the, the household chores, getting the kids all ready for you know, dinner and bed or school, uh, taking care of all of the things around the house with the pets, taking care of all the auxiliary you know, needs in the family, not just, not just the financial needs, but everything else. You know, I, I'm taking care of all of that. And, so, and meanwhile, you're over here working way too many hours and you're the problem, right? So that's usually how I hear it presented, right? And then that's going to put the other person on the defensive. Well, when you break it down, really what I believe the need here is that there's a need for, for time together, right? That there's a need to be co, uh, co-contributors uh, to the family functions, uh, to the relationships, right? That's, that's important in, in the system. And so the expectation could be communicated as, you know, I, I, I would need somebody and need you to be contributing more to the family functions. Or even more simply, the expectation is, is I need to be doing less for the family functions. I'm not sure who it's going to be. I'm not sure if it's going to be maybe we hire somebody, maybe we get some help. But I need to be doing less of the family functions. It's too much. And so clearly, you know, setting, setting up those. The boundary then would be, okay, how do we draw that boundary, right? So maybe let's say if it's, if it's the partner contributing more and working less, then, then and that's where I think with, with this scenario, you know, just hiring help or just getting, getting help outside of the relationship is not really going to fix the more time together piece of that. And that's why it's important to really break it down to the, the need area. Where are my needs not being met, right? Because if you did just go and you know, say hire a house cleaner, sure, you wouldn't, you yourself wouldn't be 
doing more of those household you know functions but then you're still not necessarily getting more time together because let's say your partner is still just working an exhausting amount of of time and, and never home never never spending time together right so i would say then really there needs to be some type of boundary around working less right so maybe let's just say maybe at six you know I really don't want you working past six and ideally never on the weekend, but I understand if maybe we need to work up to that, right? Maybe it's going to take some, some months to kind of work up to that point and that's, and that's okay. But having an initial starting point, right? And this is where it's also important kind of in a similar context when we set goals of having it be realistic, having it be achievable, right? So let's say, let's say you, your partner is, is working, basically until you know almost until bedtime every every day you know eight nine o'clock at night or so and you know pauses for a brief a brief meal you know or there's more many weeks you know throughout the months that they will have you know work trips and they're just gone so much right and so then saying something like i want you to be done at five o'clock every day is going to be unrealistic and that's just going to set you up for failure right so maybe it's like Hey, is there two days, two days a week where you can just, you're done at five, you're done at six, right? Like boom, laptop is closed or you're home from the office by six, really clearly setting up that boundary and making it achievable, making it realistic is going to be really important. So using kind of those steps I talked us through before, right? Setting this boundary internally. I know this is going to be good for me. I know this is going to be good for our relationship, for our family. This is also going to be good for my partner. They are working too much, right? It's unreasonable. It's it's unhealthy. It's unhelpful. And it is also fair and okay for me to ask for more help with the family function, right? Okay. So some of those scenarios, right? Having that internal dialogue about this is good. This is important. This is going to be helpful. And then lastly, the consequence. So what kind of a consequence could we establish with this example? Well, this one is interesting because it's, and I think a lot in, in healthy relationships is not that you are going to, you know, you're going to have less free time or something like that, right? That's not what I would suggest here. What I find though, is that the consequences are oftentimes out of our control. For example, you're going to become less emotionally, romantically connected, if you continue to harbor these types of feelings and you don't address these these feelings that are coming up, right? Maybe a sense of contempt or resentment is building. These feelings are only natural. That makes sense that when there is disconnection in a relationship, the consequence is that you're going to start to feel disconnected, right? And so you could talk about that, right? Saying this, this, not, this is not by, by design, that I'm going to, you know, distance myself or, you know, by my control even, but we need to talk about this reality. Hey, I'm feeling more disconnected. I'm, I'm trying to even kind of have some contempt and resentment toward you because of all of this. That's important to talk about, right? And those feelings are only going to get worse if we don't make an adjustment now. And then clearly communicating these three pieces, right? So clearly communicating the boundary, the need, the expectation, the consequences. So I hope that was helpful. And uh, I want to just say that 
you know, you can really do any of this with a trusted friend or, or, or somebody that you could talk with. This is, of course, where I feel that a professional, you know, relationship counselor or coach can really be helpful to give you support, to give you feedback, to help you hold your boundaries with yourself and, and with others and to clearly communicate this. So if you've resonated with this and if you're kind of maybe even wrestling a, with some boundaries yourself or wrestling a little bit with how to conceptualize this and some of your particular relationships, I would love to offer you a free consultation. It's the best spot to kind of initially connect with me as I do a free consultation session. You can find um, the links to how to reach out to me in the show description. Send me an email or even give me a call if you'd like. I'd be happy to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in and hope you have a lovely rest of your week. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Here's What I Hear. I hope you resonated with some of the things you heard and you took away a few tips and suggestions that I shared with you. I truly believe that we can all obtain thriving relationships and thriving connections and thriving development to reach those goals that we're working after. And to help you on that journey, I have a couple free worksheets on my website that I would love for you to download. Simply go to my website, jessiehibner.com. That's J-E-S-S-E-H-U-E-B-N-E-R.com. One quick note about liability. I am not your counselor. I just need to say that because if you think I'm your counselor, that's probably a good indicator you need counseling. Of course, if you're in the Denver metro area, feel free to reach out for a consultation call. But just listening to my tips and suggestions on this podcast does not equate to being in treatment with anyone, including with me. Lastly, most importantly, if you are struggling with thoughts of wanting to kill yourself, wanting to die, or feel like there's no way out, you need to get help immediately. A good option is frankly the emergency room, or if you're in the United States, you can call 800-273-8255. And last, but certainly not least, I would love for you to tune in every week. We're going to drop a new episode of this podcast every week, so hit that subscribe button. I'd also love your rating and a review if you've really resonated with this podcast episode today. Well, again, I'm so glad that you joined us and I hope you tune in next week.